I recognized that in order for me to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, first, the goal was money, like, and the money was to serve the family, like legacy wealth, right? That was the excuse at the time. And then eventually I realized, no, I need to work on me. I need to put the oxygen mask on me before I can serve anyone else around me, my wife, my kids, my family, my clients. As I started to grow and my clients were benefiting from what I was doing and I was serving them, I would look back and go, I don't think we're happy here as a family. I'm putting all the work in my clients. And then I was like, oh, how does this work? Let me start here. I'm going to say here for those who are listening, I'm pointing to my chest, like me, and then I could help my wife and then I could help my kids. And then it's just a ripple effect. And that's my every day now, bro. Like working on me first and then my family and then, and then you, and then, and then it just, it grows. Hello everyone. And welcome to the flow over fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Flow Over Fear. I'm really excited to have you here today because I'm ta- uh, today I'm talking to my GoBundance brother, Eric Cabral. He is a serial entrepreneur, a founder of the podcast media agency On Air Brands, which has been involved in the production of a host, you see what I did there, of popular <laughs> podcasts, including this one that you are listening to right now. Eric is also the host of his own and the co-host of a number of, of podcasts of his own, including Entrepreneur's Circle, which where he uh, provides some insights from his years of experience as an investor, an entrepreneur, and he interviews some of the most successful entrepreneurs out there. So check that out. Uh, Eric is just an also, also just a super all-around inspiring guy who I'm inspired by and has found his own success by helping others succeed. Not, not just in the podcast and marketing space, but beyond in his other ventures as well. And we're going to talk about some of that today. Uh, Eric, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, brother. It's it's truly an honor, uh, not just to to be on your show, but also to know you, man. So uh, you you say I inspire you, you inspire me all the time too, man. So, but yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, my, no, it's my pleasure. I mean, you've made, I mean, talked about it in that last sentence, just adding value. And I, I kind of added that to your your bio because... I feel like when I started on this path of podcasting and media ventures and brand building and all that kind of stuff, I mean, by its nature, it's, it's frightening. And, and, you know, but one thing I found with the, with the support that you gave was that it was just like, oh, you're going to handle all that hard stuff for me so that we can make it easier to get kind of started and deliver that message. And, and that was empowering, but, and, and I want to kind of go back in time a little bit and talk about where you came from, but can you kind of touch on how you landed on that? media platform like how how you want how you went from wanting to help media people in in the media space to to start things like podcasts and that kind of thing yeah yeah thanks for that adam it it, it wasn't by design i, I wish <laughs> i could say like yeah this was all thought out and i mapped it out and here's you know i just started with the end in mind um you know after being in corporate for for over two decades um i had to figure it out because you know i came from a very what you would imagine anybody who's in corporate or left it 
you know, I came from an environment that was very a scarcity type of mindset. And I the, the, the term abundant mindset didn't exist in my world. I didn't even know what that meant. Mm. Um, but when I finally left and, and I left for real estate investing, which you would think, um, how the heck did that happen? Well, like a lot of us in real estate, you know, we found the purple pill, Robert Kiyosaki. And when I read that, I started to go to local events and local meetups for real estate, started digging into bigger pockets and reaching out to thought leaders that were close to home. And what yeah. I started to recognize was they had this in common, most of them, uh, this abundant type of I give with no expectation of receiving, which was foreign to me. And um, I was like, how do I serve them? Like I started to adopt this and I was like, how do I serve them? How do I, how do, how do I give them something? because I have no value in this real estate investing space. I don't know anything. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I said, Hey, you know, I just want to shadow you, Matt Faircloth. You know, I want to, I want to find out what you're doing and, and learn from you as I like, you know, like, uh, do the, do the drives with you and, um, have coffee and just, just, just be a shadow. Um, I started to realize I can leverage what I've done for well over the 10,000 hours required to be an expert in something in, in terms of logos and branding and marketing and developing all that. So mm -hmm. I would look at what they did. And as you can imagine, a lot of people in the real estate investing space are data-driven people. Um, they're not creative, typically. And that I can either invent something new or take what they have and refresh it and make it professional because I was branding Fortune 500 companies. I was like, so let me apply the principles that I've learned over the years onto this. And that's what I, that's what got it started. That's what started to roll through that community. And everybody's like, oh, Eric's the guy that can do your brand for you. And it wasn't podcasting. It wasn't personal branding or anything like that, that we do today. It was really just that, like, how do I elevate and, 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 and shine up this, you know, lack of a better you know, word turd, you know, like, how do we make this better? Because everybody right. was doing the same brand, dude, you know, like that red multiple houses, rooftops, and, you know, everyone's logo looked the same. And then I was like, no, no one's playing in this space. Let's do this. Let's, have you thought about a deep purple? That's why Kiyosaki went purple because mm -hmm. finance typically it's, we're green, we're this. So anyway, started to do that. And um, one thing would lead to the other, to the point where um, when I started to have these conversations, Adam, like folks like you in the hallways of these meetings, I'm like, man, I wish I was recording this because then I, I want to listen back to it. Uh, purely for selfish purposes. But then also when I realized that podcasting was something that um, I was enjoying through Baker Pockets and other Rogan, I was like, man, why don't I just put this out there? Um, are you cool with that? And they would go, yeah. And they found value in it. And then the value started growing and then people would listen to their episodes and they go, who's producing your show? I do. And can you do mine? And then that's where it all just took off. That's awesome. Referral, yeah. referral base is yeah, best form of marketing ever, right? I mean, if you could get that, I mean, you know, it's it's a testimonial and a and a, and a new lead just out of the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun. It, it, it's definitely been a fun ride um, since. Mm -hmm. It's always evolving. You know, we're always yeah. figuring things out. Even with you, you know, um, you you allow us to play, and you're like, have at it. <laughs> like, here's the keys. You're <laughs> like, so cool. You know, that's that's some of the best relationships um, that we have with clients that are. Uh, they, 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 they understand that, you know, pivoting or modifying and tweaking along the way is part of the process of growing yeah. and flowing, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, for, for, for supporting us too. Oh my, yeah, well, it's, I mean, it feels like uh, it's just, I mean, definitely some the feelings mutual. I mean, I'm getting so much value from some, from a medium that I never knew beforehand, but immediate, immediately fell in love with. 
And it made it so much easier just when, when you know, you had someone on your side to, to help with that. And that's just the value of communities. Uh, and I love to kind of touch back on that scarcity moments you had, because you talked about the scarcity piece, like, and that's, that's a big deal for everyone. <laughs> I mean, uh, and so you're in your, you're in your W2, you're, you're working in branding uh, for Fortune 500 companies. Is that right? What, what were you doing? And what was your mindset like back then? Oof. Oh, man, I, um, I was so tact on, on a tactical level, I was I was designing. Um, mm-hmm. Like one of my very first jobs was, you know, my dream was to, to, to live in Manhattan and work in Manhattan. And I accomplished that dream um, mm-hmm. in, in, in retail. So I would work at a retail company, Lowman's, they don't exist anymore. But that was like the bargain basement discount um, for, for, for big brands, you know, like they could sell like n- not knockoffs by Louis Vuitton, you know, for like a yeah. fraction of the cost. And that was our brand. And um, I'll never forget the day when I did my first design. It was a it was a direct mailer that went to my my mom got it and she was like oh my gosh you did this i'm like yay mom i made it but then when I, the, the second i made it was i was driving down the new jersey turnpike and saw my billboard uh on the turnpike that was crazy oh, wow. so i was like wow. wow look at this they pay me to do this right it just comes easy to me right uh, so that was like the early stages of becoming you know starting as a junior art director to an art director and eventually a creative director in, in uh, the largest pharma companies in the world, um, the number one uh, and the number two, I would always bounce between the top 10. Um, <clears throat> and what I was doing within the pharma industry was um, I was a part of the in-house creative agencies doing logos, branding and marketing. No social yeah. media at the time. We're, we're talking, I'm an OG uh, because, yeah, this was we're talking 90s to early 2000s. And um, that that was that was my strength. I just kept doing that over and over and over with no desire to out, climb the corporate ladder beyond being a creative director. I didn't want to manage teams. I didn't want to deal with people at that level. I just wanted to do my work uh, <clears throat> until I got pushed. Uh, you know, we were having a kid, and um, a mentor of mine, I call him a mentor. He he was like, "It's time, dude. You need to you need to take it to the next level." And, and I had so much fear of failure. I had so much fear of um, letting people down. Hmm. What will they think of me if I don't make it? Um, where did that come I, from, by the way? I, I'm <sighs> curious to know like, where, where that started. It, I would say, and through no real fault of his own, my father. Um, you know, hmm. I love him dearly. Um, but he grew up in an era where failure is not an option because they were putting a man on the moon. <laughs> you know, uh, they, <laughs> right. they were doing all sorts of things where, yeah, failure meant yeah. death. Um, so that was ingrained in, in my DNA all my life that failing was not a cool thing. It was not success in progress, which is that's I, if I ever got a tattoo, Adam, that's what I would put. Failure is success in progress. Yeah. And um, until I heard that, and I don't remember exactly, maybe it was Tony Robbins, uh, but I was like, just kept saying that over and over and over in my head when I left corporate America to kind of reprogram myself. And that's what I had to do. I had to reprogram all of that noise, all of the old operating system into yeah. Eric 2.0 uh, in those early stages. Yeah. So you had a, 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 so it sounds like you were, you were really enjoying your job. I mean, branding, doing the art direction, all that kind of stuff without, without leading teams. But once it got to, was it once it got to that point where you, didn't have a choice but to kind of move in that direction. Is that kind of hard? Where it got harder? I, I think it was more. I was doing it because it came easy. I was ah. doing it because I didn't. This is sad to say, but I was I was floating by, getting paid very really well, 
and mm-hmm. just doing 20% of what I was capable of doing. I was playing safe uh, because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to disrupt anything. I, I just wanted to go have fun. I was drinking and smoking and partying and dancing and doing all the things that a single guy would do in Manhattan. Um, but it wasn't really until I met, met my wife and things started to get serious. And I was, you know, that personality guy, that Eric 1.0, the fun guy, um, yeah. who she had to warn me several times before our wedding, please don't drink until the wedding, until after the reception. Mm. What are we talking about? Um, I didn't understand that until yeah. years later. She's like, look at, and then whenever we look back on photos, brother, this is sad. I was the heaviest I ever was mm-hmm. at my wedding. Typically it's the other way around, right? But because <laughs> right. of, I had multiple bachelor parties, um, you know, I was hanging out with a, my, my, my crew from college. Like we were drinking and smoking and partying and doing all the things, uh, mm-hmm. just sin your life away. And, um, and that wasn't good for me long. I, that was not sustainable, especially, dude, I'll tell you this one story. When we had Veronica, our first, who's nine years old now, I'll never forget this. Um, I don't want to get emotional, but um, my wife was just doing a thing, breastfeeding, being a mom for the first time. And I was still me. And I was downstairs yeah. with my dad and my grand, my, my, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, my friends. And we, were, we, we just bought this house and we were smoking a cigar and had a glass of whiskey and um my wife came down just put veronica to bed and she's like oh she's like yeah hand me a drink and um i'm i'm plastered and the baby Mm -hmm. starts crying she says ah can you can you just go up there and take care like yeah i got this i go upstairs dude not only do i reek of cigar smoke but i'm sure i'm it's probably like i took a shower and whiskey and i'm holding the baby and i almost fall on top of her just pass out. And I thought to myself, I got to change. Was that that transition moment for you? That was the moment. It was one of them. It 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 didn't happen right away. Yeah. You're not alone on that, brother. I mean, I, I can tell you dozens of times where I told myself the same thing and was continuing down that path. And it's just, you know, um, especially with kids, you know, I look back and and it it does, it makes you emotional. It makes you regret those kinds of times, but it also weirdly, it sets the table for the person that you become later. Yeah. And for those of you who are willing to transform, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make that connection, but, um, but if you could, if you could like package up or, or talk about the, the, the moments where you, were able to able to make that change or, or decide like this is I've had enough. Like what, what was it a moment in time or did it happen gradually or what did that look like? I, I would say it was it happened gradually over the course of those first few years of Veronica's yeah. life uh, as me evolving into a father that I knew I could be versus mm-hmm. and, and shedding that old version of me that worked then. Got me my wife, right? I convinced her to marry right. me. I was charming enough, um, but it didn't work for the future, and I had to figure that out on my own. Um, my wife is 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 such a blessing, but then there's also a part of her that just allows me to be, which is great. Mm-hmm. Especially when I left corporate, she was like she always full love and support, even if I'm driving down a, a cliff. You know, she 
she supports to a fault where um, I don't know if she would have recognized it before I did. I had to recognize it. And it was enough me yelling when the bait, when the bait, she was a baby, when she was a toddler. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I prevented myself from, you know, the old me would put a fist in the wall when I'm upset. Yeah. That I started to recognize I need to manage my anger. And it's funny because anyone like you who knows me now, it's like, what are you talking about? It's so weird that, but there was a version of me that was that I was angry because I had really, uh, I didn't know at the time I had no purpose. Uh, I had nothing fulfilling my life. I had accomplished what I set out to accomplish as a childhood dream to live and work in Manhattan and be a creative director and all that. So what else was there, dude? Like what, what's next? (laughs) There was nothing on the script for me. And I yeah. had to figure out what's the next, oh, okay, that's script. Let's go put that on the shelf. That's over. What's the next version? I didn't have people like that in my life to tell me there's another version of you that you need to go create. And it wasn't until fatherhood where I had to see that. Um, and, and, and Tony Robbins was a big part of that, like hearing him on YouTube and listening to him um, mm. and, and, and recognizing all the junk that I had to kind of put to bed and work on because it's yeah. work, bro, right? <laughs> Right. Looking in the mirror, yeah. it's work every yeah. day, every day. Yeah, that's so. I, I mean, I I really appreciate you sharing that because I can relate to that. I know a lot of people out there can relate to that. I mean, what you're telling right now is my story. I mean, it's just hearing that uh, you know other people, uh, uh, you know, had that had that issue with just being angry and like having that outburst. And you know, I I took I used. I, I abused alcohol myself and it was, you know, definitely self-destructive. Um, and, um, and yeah, it was that like weird, like I just felt stuck. Is that, I mean, so you felt stuck and, and so Tony Robbins, the idea of fatherhood, what, what is it about, you know, how are you able to kind of knock yourself out of that, that, that other people might not be able to do that, that other people may be like feeling like they're just stuck indefinitely. Yeah. Well, Every one of us could feel stuck at any given point yeah. in life. It's number one, recognizing you're stuck, right? Because some people don't even know <laughs> they're in right. a ditch. They don't even realize <laughs> right. they're in it a- a- until someone comes along, looks down and says, dude, you've been in there for a long time. And then you go, really? Yeah. really? And then you look down and you're, you're fat and you're, you're mess. And, you know, like one, the, the days are compounding where you're having bad days. You know, sometimes yeah. I think there's a point where they're like, that's oh, just once in a while, but the now it's like your life. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> and it was really, dude, I didn't understand. Like I had to form new habits. I had yeah. to understand how habits were formed. It was really just like deconstructing and jumping into the personal development world. Like I didn't know anything. I grew up from, you know, a family where getting counseling, therapy, that's all me. That all means you're broken. There's yeah. something wrong with you. And accepting the fact that nothing's wrong with me. I just came up from some, I had trauma in my life that I need mm-hmm. to address and I need to uh, recognize it, that that was what it was. It was trauma. It, it it didn't serve me, but I'll use it to serve me now and learn from it and develop. And, and you know, I, I, the failure, the failure thing was big, right? Like that yeah. was a reprogram that was just embedded in me. And I had to literally go to sleep listening to stuff off YouTube. I I got YouTube premium so that I could listen to stuff while my phone was off. That was the first thing. That was the first tool. And every night I'd go to sleep listening to something to reprogram my mind. And then I would wake up 
with something motivational. And it seemed cheesy to anyone who knew me at the time. Like, oh, you're a Tony Robbins freak and my growth, blah, blah. But I was like, that's what I needed. I needed to hear it over and over and over and over. And over time, yeah. it worked. <laughs> Reprogramming <Yeah>. myself, <laughs> literally programming. Yeah. Was it, was that all internally motivated or did you have someone like kind of shared the mirror or turn the mirror on you and just said, you need to change? It was internal. Um, yeah. I recognized that in order for me to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, um, first, the goal was money, like, and the money mm -hmm. was to serve the family, like legacy wealth, right? That was the excuse at the time. And then eventually right. I realized, no, I need to work on me. I need to put the oxygen mask on me before I can serve anyone else around me, my wife, my kids, my family, my clients. As I started to grow and my clients were benefiting from what I was doing and I was serving them, I would look back and go, I don't think we're happy here as a family. Mm -hmm. I'm putting all the work in my clients. And then I was like, yeah. oh, how does this work? Let me start here. And when yeah. I say here, for those who are listening, I'm pointing to my chest, like me, and then I could help my wife and then I could help my kids. And then it's just a ripple effect. And that's my yeah. every day now, bro. Like working on me first and then my family and then, and then you, and then, and then it just, it grows. But until I understood that concept, that wasn't until later. That wasn't until somewhat recently, honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. how are you now? Like, are you feeling like you're in a good spot? Are you still working on some of that? I'm or I'm a flow, bro. Yeah, Talking nice. about flow because, um, <laughs> good deal. The thing is, and I just, I listened to one of your recent episodes where it's like, Putting that expectation on yourself to be in flow all the time is setting you, you said this, you're setting yourself up for failure and that um, it's not sustainable. And when you were saying this on your show, I was thinking about like, think about Arnold Schwarzenegger who would work and work and work so that he could be on stage and then do that, yeah. you know, those funny poses and suck his gut in and looking all weird. <laughs> that's in flow. Like let's, in a, in, in a visual uh, sort of perspective, that's flow, right? Imagine flexing like that all the time, <laughs> like and <Right>. performing <laughs> all the time. Like you're gonna burn out, man. Like that is not sustainable. Um, yeah. And when I'm in flow, I, here's the thing: I I know how to get myself into flow and what I need to be in flow, and I set myself up to be in flow. It doesn't happen 100 of the time, but it happens most of the time, and. Um, it's, you know, we can get into it, but you know, it's, 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 it's based in habit and forming new habits. Yeah. I, I'd love, I'd love to get into that because I, I think that you're touching on something really key here. I mean, one of the messages we hear a lot in, in our society, I think because it's sexy is just like, oh yeah, go big or go home, stay hard, do all this, you know, just do everything else all, all at once. But I feel the same way. I feel that that's not sustainable. I've been burned on that before and burned out and frustrated and then feeling stuck and going back into old habits. So what, what, how would you define flow or how does flow, how does that work for you in terms of, yeah. It's for me, and I said a lot of this is recent in terms of growth, the next level of mm -hmm. growth for me, because when I had to move away from money being my, my motivation, I had to realize um, I'm not taking that with me. And yeah. it wasn't until I had opportunity, and we could talk about this now or later, um, that I was speaking at, at a GoBundance event in Miami. Um, and, and, and there was one, one thing on my shoulder going, you're the best, Eric. You're awesome. And then the other side saying, there's something bigger here than just mm -hmm. you. 
And that bigger to me was God and faith. And I had to go back to that root, which I lost sight of during my 20s, 30s, 40s, and living in sin and being a madman. And that didn't serve me over time. Um, yeah. But then it was that that helped me. But then it was also um, creating the habits of first, I was like, oh, why am I kind of worshiping Tony Robbins, <laughs> right? I'm listening to him morning, <laughs> noon, and night. And he got me there. Right. Now it's just I yeah. replaced it with God, right? I've replaced that. So, but the thing is that also gave me a bigger picture for what I'm doing and finding folks like you who I align with. And I know you're doing bigger things. And then that <laughs> one little ripple because another ripple. And then like, if I can, can create basically more of what I want to do and what, what Jesus, you know, like all of this stuff, like that to me, I can get up for every morning that I will form a freaking habit for. Yeah. Just big. Yeah. And. Is that, is that a pretty recent, uh, yes. you mentioned in Miami, you, so you start getting back into more of a spiritual nature. Because dude, yeah. everything we say, the go giver, um, you know, give yeah. without any expectation of receiving. I was living that life already. And yes, it works 100%. Anyone who's mm -hmm. listening, if you ever doubt that that doesn't work for you, keep doing it over and over and over and over and give and give and give and give with no expectation of receiving. That's from scripture, bro. <laughs> so like all the Jim Rohn, all the Tony Robbins, all of these guys, uh, it's, it's, it's coming from a place. So I was like, let me just go to the root. Let me go to where these yeah. guys are pulling it from. They're not mentioning God. They're saying the universe, the universe. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the original stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's the jam right there. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're working towards. All of us, whether we realize it or yeah. not. It's, it's all converging yeah. to one place. Hey, everyone, I interrupt this program to introduce you to a powerful tool that will help you gain clarity on your vision and accelerate your growth and achievement. If you're listening to this show, it is likely that you have an exciting vision for your life. But the problem is, is that we often get caught up in the day to day. We get distracted. We face uncertainty, overwhelm and self-doubt. And as a result, the gap between where you are and where you want to be seems insurmountable. And that's why I created a framework for how you can turn your vision into strategic, disciplined action that will accelerate your results in the next 90 days. I call it the Vision Reflection Retreat. It is a two-day solo excursion designed to reignite passion and adventure into your busy life and realign your focus toward your why. This is the very same framework that I use every 90 days to reflect on my own life and my vision and set my goals for the next quarter. And it has been a game changer. And the good news is, is that I'm giving away this Vision Reflection Retreat Guidebook for free when you sign up for my newsletter. Simply go to flowoverfear.com slash retreat and download your free guide and enjoy the journey. I'm glad you have the courage to bring that up because I I feel the same way. We talk a lot about the universe and all this kind of stuff, and we we're kind of we're we're kind of you know just circling around the same thing. We're afraid to say the G word, right? Yeah. Say, afraid to say God or Jesus, or these kinds of things. And I was one of those. Definitely. It's just yeah, me too. I mean, even even now, it kind of feels it, it's still that like instinctive, like ah, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to alienate people yeah. or anything like that, but. Then again, I mean, there's a reason why it's uncomfortable and it is because it works, but it's hard. And I don't know if that's what you found, but it's it, it's it's not the easy path, but it's the worthwhile path. Yeah, because the thing is, um, I think I think it's, again, playing it safe like I did in corporate. <clears throat> playing it safe because I, I, what is the number one thing that we're mostly concerned with is uh, belonging, right? 
comes from, you, you know, and then everyone in this space knows this story, you know, that comes from our instinct to survive and not be kicked out of the village. Because uh, yeah. that means dead, 100% death <laughs> if you're out there on your own. <laughs> right, so right. the thing is, I think that we have that inherently in us. So if we have a strong belief, whether you're on the right or you're on the left, you're, you're center right, center left, people don't want to speak because they're worried about telling their truth because they're worried about what people think because then they're worried about <clears throat> scarcity and losing, losing clients, losing followers, whatever it is. Life's hearts and farts is what I say. Who cares? Put out your truth yeah. and you'll start to attract more of you and what you can do and what you want. So I've recently realized that that my faith and that 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 path for me, I'm all in. Like, I'm no longer going <laughs> to hide and say the universe. No more. Like, this is where what it's about. This is my truth. This is the truth. And whether you like it or not, that's cool. Right. We, but we're all working towards you know, and it's going to sound cheesy and fluffy. And so the, those are like, just give me the ROI. They've been, they tuned out of this already. I'm sorry, Adam. Right. But those that <laughs> right. I'm speaking to understand that the true conversion yeah. of all of this and everything that we're doing and all of this, we're not taking this money home with us. We're not bringing it to the afterlife. It's all mm -hmm. about love, bro. It's love, love, love. And if you love on people, you will receive that love tenfold. And that's all I'm here Amen. to do, man. That's the mission. Amen. That's great. well said. I mean, that's a mic drop moment. Um, and, and I think that I, I know that people that are, that are actively pushing away the, the concept of God are, you know, probably tuning out for sure. But I know that there's a lot of people that are questioning God and, you know, and, and, and curious about that and not, maybe not even curious, but just like trying to reconcile why bad things happen when there's a loving God or why, how we, how, if we're leaning into love, bad things still happen. Mm. Right. But, um, I guess what what does your faith look like now? Like, how are you practicing? What's uh, what what are some of the um, some of the things you're doing to build on that aspect? Um, like I said, the, the, so I'm a newbie at this, right? It's been about a year. Right. I've been I've been dabbling in it and not realizing everything I was saying was basically yeah. from scripture. Um, and I would always play safe and say the universe, God, or whoever you you, you know you you worship, um, mm -hmm. and. I don't judge anyone. Like, you know, we, we went to a Hindu temple that's right in my town in Robbinsville, New Jersey, the biggest one in the world I found out. And it was beautiful. Oh, wow. And I felt the energy and I, and I appreciated yeah. what they built in their gods. Um, it was beautiful. Um, so I don't, I don't judge anyone else's faith or beliefs. Um, but I, to me, it's all the same thing. Like we're all talking <laughs> about the same thing. Um, so yeah. then the thing is what I, did was I basically took the habits that I've built of reprogramming, my, reprogramming myself with personal development and growth with Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, um, you know, whoever else, and replace it with, with prayer. Um, and then hmm. I took the stuff that I was doing in yoga and meditation, still doing yoga and meditation, but incorporating prayer into that. Um, you know, more specifically speaking to God, speaking to Jesus and forming that relationship. I didn't even think that that was a thing. Like you could build a relationship with something that's not physically here. But what has happened is now I recognize through replacing those habits with habits that were already formed with something else. Like I, dude, I haven't read a business book, which I used to was ravenous for business books. Um, yeah, I read the Bible. Um, so until I can get to the point where I feel confident and comfortable, where I can kind of pull from it, um, because I, I, from one of my understandings is, is, is God communicates to us through scripture. Like, so one of the very early messages that I got, he literally dropped like first Corinthians 13 in my mind. And I was like, what is that? And I went and read, I was like, <clears throat> it's all about love. 
this is 100% to me. And I'm saying not for everyone, but for me, that made sense. I was like, wow, I don't read the Bible. How would that have shown up in my mind, right? And my wife <laughs> yeah. still is kind of like, right. really? I think you're a little nuts. Um, I'm sure she, she wouldn't say that out loud, but that's the look she gave me when I told her. I'm like, I'm, I, I got a scripture in my head. I don't know what that means. And I went and read it yeah. and it was about literally what I, we're talking about here. So um, it's things like that where it's undeniable to me. There's so many things where we, we, we brush it off, bro, is coincidence. That's mm -hmm. divine yeah. intervention. To, yeah, one hundred percent. Oh wow, one hundred percent. Yeah, like oh wow, what a coincidence that happened. Or that, or that car just grazed me. I, we would have been dead. That's happened to me. Like <laughs> I'm blessed. People say it and then they forget it. And like I'm moving on with my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm blessed. Or people only turn to God when. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to turn this to a big, you know, <laughs> altar church. No, but great. But it's like people just don't recognize it because it's not the the thing. This the PC thing or whatever it is. Oh, I forgot my <laughs> forgot my computer does it. But um, it's <laughs> like yeah, there you go. It's a message. Um, it, it 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 truly is that. Like we brush it off as coincidences, deja vu, whatever. All these weird things superstition um and bad things too could happen you know as a result of yeah. just you put bad energy i'm all about frequencies too like if you're putting bad vibes out there that's what you bring that's what you attract you know you're a musician <laughs> right it's all about vibrations yeah. and if you can come right. in harmony with someone else that brings in a violin a cello a horn that's in sync with your music your vibration then wonderful things occur right? It's music. It's yeah. symphony versus if somebody stepped into you while you were playing the cello, bro, and they, they were like all out of tune with like an electric guitar or, you know, some weird uh, xylophone, whatever it was. And they were just like, you know, like, yo, your, your vibe sucks. And we feel that when we're in the room with others. I'm a big, yeah. big believer yeah. in that. Yeah, that that's, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately too, which in and of itself is a, is a big coincidence right? <laughs> the fact that we're both thinking through coincidences, you know? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's so meta. <laughs> so <right>? it's, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, um, and so, I mean, I look at that and, and I'm thinking about all that you're saying with regard to like this idea of like, you know, quote unquote, drinking the Kool-Aid with the church stuff and the God stuff and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but you think about those other areas in life where we transformed our lives, like going into go abundance, going into yes. uh, listening to Tony Robbins. I mean, the same reaction happens. It's almost like <sighs> this idea of transforming from the norm mm. is somehow taboo enough for us to, you know, uh, for us to be like, feel like we're going to be ostracized or, or, you know, so that, so there's a scariness around it. But when we adopt it, and I don't know if, you know, tell me if this is your experience, but when we adopt it, it's just like this whole new world opens up and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. You know, whether it be Tony Robbins and, you know, ultimately leveling up from that in God, you know, yes. um, is that kind of how you feel about that? 100%. I think that yeah. eventually you'll get there on your deathbed mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't accept it sooner, <laughs> right? Because that's what people are often sure. like. Oh, Lord, help me, please, because they're dying. The car just fell off a bridge and it's sinking, right? And then you now you find your faith, right. you know? I hear so many, like, right. near-death experience stories where someone literally, like, atheists, um, they'll die. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, they're clinically dead. Yeah, um, and they'll see God. They'll see Jesus, whatever it is. And there's, mm -hmm. it's, it, and, and typically, the, the experience is always 100% the same. It's like, I love you, mm -hmm. bro. Like, I love you. Y you still have work to do. Go back. 
And they're no longer atheists. Yeah. They're like, I saw it. It's real. So how can somebody who didn't believe in any higher power now die clinically and then mm-hmm. come back and go, I saw it. I, I'm here to, yeah. I'm, I'm here to teach. I'm here to preach. It, 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 it's yeah. real. Um, so you're absolutely right. I feel like it's always just a human journey because we all, mm-hmm. whether you want to wear, put a tinfoil hat on and say it's all by design, like whatever it is, but we have this mindset, this vibration that's put out there on the radio waves, the, whatever it is, where we're stuck in this, for me, it was a corporate mindset, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, yeah. you know, going to school, you know, and, and, and getting pummeled with this mindset, this belief system, like you're a B, you're a worker bee. Produce, produce, produce for the big, big guys. Like all that stuff mm-hmm. I felt like is normal. But then when you break out, like you said, into a GoBundance, into a Tony Robbins, into Dispenza, whoever it is, you start to kind of, it, it's the pill, right? You took, you, you yeah. took the red pill <laughs> and you realize, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I was in the matrix. Yeah. That's what it yeah. feels like. I, it, it really, yeah, it, it does. And, um, and it's I that's why I'm I'm inspired by your story because it is like more of a gradual and self self-inspired one. Like, you know, a lot of like for me, for others that were like kind of had a rock bottom, it was it was, you know, we had to have a horrible experience. And I mean, um, or or some kind of rock bottom or somebody to say, like, we're gonna leave you if this happens again, kind of thing, to kind of spark that thing. But it, it was all all of this transformation is going to be self-internal. Like it has to be you that does it. You have to be willing. And, and you've gone through so many different transformations. I'm, I'm excited to see like where that evolves you because, you know, it's just like this rapid transformation kind of thing that's just opened you up to this amazing freedom. Um, so with regard to your, your, I want to talk about your podcast too. Yeah. Your podcast is awesome. The Entrepreneur Circle. Um, you, so you're like 250 episodes into that, right? Like, or, or almost 300, we're, something like that. <laughs> so you'll relate to this <laughs> to a degree. Uh, yeah. 300 episodes about we're at 299. Wow. I've been paused. Uh, we actually missed a week, which hasn't happened in all ages. Um, because I want to do something special and I just haven't put aside the time to make a compilation, which is what I'm trying to do is like a compilation. I was going to do three, uh, a guests that I can highlight, like Hal Elrod, Amanda Holmes, like some big names that we had some really good conversations. I don't want to like do a compilation. Uh, and then from there, dude, honestly, um, I, I think that if anything, it's going to potentially continue, but in a different format and then maybe yeah. in a different name to, to align with the, the, the new mission, because that mission served for five, six years to have conversations mm-hmm. with people that I want to have conversations with. But I think now the conversation is going to change a bit. Um, so, okay. so stay tuned, uh, you know, entrepreneur circle. I love it. It's, 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 it's been a blessing to run it for this long. Maybe it still exists in its current form, but less frequent. And then we can do the other thing, but yeah, I, I, I want to ensure like, as we grow as, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we're evolving constantly. Hopefully you're growing. Sure. So you don't necessarily have to commit to the thing that you built you can create something else as a result of who you are now. And you can maybe figure out a way to transition it. That's what I'm sort of in that weird cocoon phase. Um, or just yeah. put it to bed. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and starting something fresh and new that's aligned with your current self, your current goals. Nice. So when, you, when you're saying you're evolving, can you give us an ins, any insight into what that... <laughs> 
what that looks like? Are you still in the early stages? Uh, or? I'll say two tenants for sure um, are uh, personal branding and 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 mm-hmm. finding um, finding people who who have a brand. Uh, so I already did twelve episodes of this uh, aligned with my book coming out called Be Your Brand, um, and the podcast most likely will called Be Your Brand as well. Um, it, it's funny because the evolution of this has all changed because I, I, I've had to let the ego die uh, in order to become a man of faith. And at the same time, personal branding feels very egocentric. <laughs> uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. like, that's where I think I can bring something to the conversation uh, that's going to be interesting and somewhat unique. Is like, how do you create a personal brand, but still be a servant for, for, for those around you, your family and God. But, um, but I've interviewed uh, Kevin Harrington, who was the one of the original sharks. Like somehow he landed in my oh, lap. Yeah, yeah. Turn on my camera, and there he nice. was. I'm like, ah, bless him, <laughs> right? First episode. Right. <laughs> I never released it, but um, there's certain things that I think that from there will actually influence the book. So, so there's where it's like kind of weird. But then the the, the the second tenet is 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 as I mentioned, you know, over the past 15 minutes is is being clear that I, that I am a man of faith and I'm a Christian and that um, finding others like me, not necessarily a mm-hmm. of Christian faith, but helpful, uh, but someone who has a mission, bro. Like I can't serve people like I used to who aren't clear on their mission, their purpose, and something bigger than themselves, something bigger than just making money. Um, it's, it's, it's way bigger. And like, oh, let's jam, man. Let's I'm picking up my guitar. You pick up your cello. Let's jam. That's what I'm all about. Like, let's let's make something beautiful together um, because we're aligned there. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear that you have a book coming out. Is that 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 I'm thrilled about? Thank you. I I, I and and I love to kind of maybe dig a little deeper on the on the idea of like the balance between the ego and the personal brand because I struggle I struggle with that and I think where I find the where I find the balance was self-deprecation. I mean, I just beat beat myself up with humor all the time. But, uh, I love it. Right? I love it. <laughs> but but like, how, how how what is that balance? How do how do we balance that out? And how important is it to have a personal brand? It's absolutely, from my perspective, critical to have a personal brand. <laughs> because if you don't create and develop the personal brand with intention, someone else will. They're gonna. It's your reputation's out there. Because your personal brand mm-hmm. is your reputation. It's your online rep- rep- uh, reputation. So if you don't do it, Google will do it for you. So why not put out who you are with the intention of people understanding who you are? And I'm not saying yeah. make, this is where I say, the, the, you know, yielding that power and not doing the right thing. That's why I don't want to work with people who don't have clarity on this is, is, is their core values. What are their, what are the systems and beliefs that they, that they, that, what are the, what are their tenants? What are, what is the moral compass for you? And if I have a conversation mm-hmm. with people, they don't realize oh, I'm vetting Eric to see if I'm going to work with him. No, it's the other way around too, bro. Like I'm trying to see where you're at uh, morally. Yeah. And if I don't align with that, then that's okay. I'm not judging you, but I don't think I can really, or want to really help because we're on a bigger mission. Um, and, and are you a part of that? I want to be a part of yours. Do you want to be a part of mine? That's what it's about. So then like building towards that is going to take a little time, but then also a lot of, uh, I, I say some courage to a lot of courage to put it out there. <clears throat> um, but I think they'll come and I think it will develop. And I'm forgetting the question or the original question that you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh balance. No, it, I, 
Yes. Yeah. How do, how do you balance out that, that ego versus it's the brand? It's recognizing when your ego is talking. Um, I highly recommend, mm-hmm. there's a recent episode on Ed Milet's podcast where he talks about ego. Um, and I can't put it the way he did. I'd have to memorize. It's one of those 25-minute episodes that he does solo casting. Uh, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Go, go check out Ed Milet's where he talks about the death of the ego and recognizing ego. And ego is really coming from that little person inside you that um, that fights uh, for attention or fights because somebody insulted you or somebody said or did something that you didn't expect them to and therefore it hurt you and now you have to fight for it you know whether it's a comment comments through facebook or an argument with your family it's always your ego in play defending that insecure version that insecurity in you and i love this quote dude from mike tyson he was like Man, I used to be, you know, he, he, what a wonderful journey there, dude. That guy has come from, oh, from for sure. really dark, yeah. crazy places that we've kind of discussed uh, on your podcast here and, and when you were on mine to mm-hmm. the journey of this sage. Like, who would ever thought that Mike Tyson, that bit off of Andrew Holyfield's ear is now this old sage, wise guy. And um, he said that um, he still struggles today. Uh, and when somebody says something online or wherever media bad about him, he gets angry and he goes, but what I have to recognize is I'm only angry when I think I'm somebody. And how do I, how do I Mm. fix that? He goes, I remind myself that I'm nobody. I'm a nobody. And that's where faith comes into play for me, dude, because I'm like, I'm a nobody in the grand scheme of things. I'm here for this mission. You know, I'm here for a bigger mission. And, and ultimately there's something bigger than me that I'm serving. And, and, and that puts things in perspective. That puts my ego in check. My ego is like, shut up, <laughs> stuff it down because you, you are nothing. You are nothing. And there's, yeah. Yeah. there's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot more to this than you. Wow. I'm only angry when I think I'm somebody that is, I mean, it's just, that's just so amazing. Um, that's just powerful. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, you can always, do, it, it's strange now if we went back to night like travel back in time to like 1994 oh, yeah. and, and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to look up to Mike Tyson one day <laughs> <laughs> and his words. I mean, this guy was amazing. He was the yeah, he opposite was. of anyone you should look up to. He, he was the right. worst. And, uh, I mean, he got yeah. some bad cards dealt to him for sure. Um, and he, oh, any sure. one of us who yeah. walked down that path and experienced his life would, um, uh, uh, yeah, we would have done the same things, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's got some, I mean, the other quote that I always pull from him is, um, everyone has a, everyone thinks they have a plan until they get punched in the face. I love that one. <laughs> oh yeah. One of my faves. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. He's such a good, perfect example of somebody who is, is truly transformed in such a positive and spiritual way. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and, and so, yeah, you're, you're a family man. You, um, you know, you have you, you just, just one daughter. How many, how many kids? I do you have, have two, just one? nine and six. Yeah. Two yeah. kids. Nine Blessing and six. man. I, um, <laughs> you know, I thought that I would be raising a boy or boys as well, but man, everybody's like, man, yeah, perfect. Like you're such a perfect girl dad or whatever they call us. Um, I guess because I embrace my feminine side, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But yeah, I am setting a really high <laughs> bar, bro, for anybody who comes to the front door here. Uh, can I take Veronica out? I'm yeah. like, yeah, there no it's gonna be really hard to match if I am that avatar um for them. Right. That's, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure 
that, that example that I am setting in their life will inform the best life partner or husband for them and father, you know, to their children. So that's my goal. That's, that's huge. So uh, that's, and that I, yeah, I don't want to gloss over that because that's so important. So your, your, your goal with your kids or with your daughters to set the example for what you want their future partner to be. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that that's success as father? Yeah. Being, well, that's part yeah. of it, right? It's also being the best husband I could be so they could see how I, my wife mm-hmm. and I and our relationship and how healthy that is. Um, you know, it's not perfect by no means, but we never, well, one of the main reasons I married my wife is we never argued, dude. It was weird. We were dating and I never had an argument. Really? And a version of me would have been like, it's too weird. Let's break up. <laughs> you know, it's too perfect. <laughs> Something's wrong here. Uh, but that yeah. has stayed. We just celebrated our 15th anniversary. We've known each other for 19 years. Uh, time just flew by. And I could count on two hands how many arguments we've had. We've had one gigantic one. Mm-hmm. Um, but over, can you imagine, dude, like less than a dozen arguments over the years. Um, whereas, you know, I, I was on a dating scene for a while, man. It was normal to have arguments like every you know, oh, sure. shouting matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you ever, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's something many people aspire to. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, you should consider doing relationship advice. Maybe that's oh, your next dude. podcast. I think as you and your wife get on there. <laughs> yeah. Te- teach some She's of that so stuff humble. for sure. Uh, uh, you know, I try yeah. to, I try to follow, but um, it's, yeah, it, it's funny you say that. Cause yeah, she would never, ever think of herself as that and i'm like you you've got some wisdom in you but yeah, yeah she she doesn't feel this level of comfort um talking to the masses or at least your mom my sure yeah it's it's interesting yeah <laughs> and um i think it's just really we we lucked out in terms of her personality and my personality yeah yeah, yeah. well that's awesome well eric i mean you're you're I mean, it's, it's really inspiring. I mean, I started this episode uh, saying that how inspiring your journey has been and how inspiring it is to just be a part of your circle in terms of, you know, being able to, um, being able to be a client of yours and, and just, you know, kind of the ride, the coattails of, of your success by being somebody that's, that's, that's doing that kind of stuff, uh, stuff and, uh, and learn from you and just seeing the spiritual growth that you've seen and, and the way that you've leveled up your life. I, I thank you for sharing vulnerably here. I know that there's a lot of people that may be struggling with a lot of what you've been going through and, and we'll get help from that uh, because we're not alone. We're all working through it. We, we all have the ability to have this amazing transformation and you're an, uh, an example you, of brother. that, Eric. So thanks for th- th- thank sharing you all for, that. Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to, to speak to your community. One thing I want to share that anyone who's listening to this, um, one last story in that I was driving and I started getting a phone. No, I wasn't driving it. I was, yeah, I just dropped my car off at the, the auto body shop and um, someone called me who pulled over um, and I picked up and he's like, hey, I'm pulled over on the side of the road. I just heard your episode where you talked about folding one of your companies. And I want to thank you for that. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? We spoke for an hour and it was, a, it was a fan and a follower. And I knew him because we connected on LinkedIn and he, I gave him my phone number and we chatted once. But then he called me and said, he didn't sound like he was in a good state, bro. And um, he, he was he was crying. And he said, thank you. Thank you so much for letting me know I'm not alone. And I want to encourage anybody who's listening to your show, 
you're doing God's work as well. And I, and I, and I recognize it and I want to honor that. And I want to say to your audience, if you have ever felt that Adam has helped you in any way, please reach out. Don't be a silent majority of people that don't say anything. Adam wants to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to know the impact. We want to help in any way that we can. So I just wanted to share that with your community that if you are helping them or if there was any moment that you made them laugh or, or, or feel inspired, they should reach out to you and let you know that. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I appreciate that, Eric, and and uh, and do take him up on that. Uh, do take us up on that because we do. We want to help. We've been through it. We know how lonely it feels. We know how hopeless it feels, and uh, I, we just want to share that there is hope beyond the hopelessness. We know that from our experiences, and there's uh, there's always hope. Uh, thank you, Eric, and I know people can find you uh, at ericcabral.co. Um, and where, where else can people, where else do you want to find uh, well, that exact URL, but I want to give to your audience something that they could take away Yeah. Um, and potentially if they wanted, uh, to become a good podcaster or podcast guest, I put together a compilation of advice over the years that I've collected. Um, so same URL, Eric with a K E R I K Cabral.co slash guide, and then slash you can guide. download a PDF. There, yeah, and I and, and actually, um, my most valuable commodity to me is my time. And there's actually a a, a, a link there if you wanted to book some chat, time to chat and you know help uh, you know brainstorm, figure some stuff out together. Awesome, thank you. Well, thank you for that generous uh, offer uh, to download. I really encourage everybody to do that, especially if you're looking. I know I've talked with a few people that are listening right now that are talking about starting a podcast. Reach out to Eric. Because he is an expert, he does the heavy lifting. It's it's and 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 really, it it is just a remarkable way for you know two people to sharpen each other, two groups to sharpen each other, uh, where you will bring out your best by working out working with Eric. So uh, reach out to him and on air brands. Look out for his new book, which is which sounds like it's going to be called Be Your Brand. And, it could change, uh, but yeah, yeah, for now, working but title. De- yeah, definitely going to be an, an awesome book. And and um, and yeah, before I let you go, I have to ask you, is there any ways in which... I'm a dad, you're a dad. Are there any ways in which you're embarrassing your kids uh, in a good way, which which you would you know encourage us to kind of look into? I've recognized that it was always cool and still when the, when we're alone as a family in the house to just sweep my girls off their feet. Literally, like Veronica is probably four foot two, three now, and I can just literally pick her up. And I always say to her and to Natalie, who's younger, when I sweep them up, I always say, um, "I'm gonna pick you up on your wedding day." Like, I don't know, really, Dad, but you might be eighty years old, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna ensure that that is my goal that I stay in shape to the degree where I can still lift you up like this. Um, and I noticed they don't like that in public, bro. <laughs> so I try to do it in public in front of their friends. And they, ugh, for some reason, this 40 pound kid can make herself feel 120 pounds. Like she, she just sinks in. Like, I don't know how they get heavier. They know how to do it. Uh, but yeah, that's, I wish I had a pun for you, but yeah, something about sweeping you off. You, 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 you're the expert. You come up with one for me, sweeping them off their feet. But yeah, that's. That embarrasses the heck out of them when I lift them up uh, in front of their friends. That's awesome, and they're they're gonna love it when they do it, when you do that to them at their wedding day. I know it. And sweeping them off their feet that is still uh, that I think that's a great pun for it too because you will be sweeping them off their feet until you're eighty. 
So that's awesome. <laughs> thanks for sharing, man. <laughs> thanks, brother. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so for much. being here. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, reach out to Eric if you want to uh, uh, get any advice on the podcasting or, or or learn about personal branding, that kind of thing. Get get the free guide at ericcabral.co.guide or slash guide. And uh, Eric, thanks for joining me here. We'll see everybody next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do. And I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.